Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Welcome once again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with the Cap, Mike Kapler, and we're getting together for our weekly chat about the grace of God. We've been talking for the last few weeks about you know, some verses from Hebrews and, and just in general, talking about faith and uh, how that all works in the life of the Christian and how it's the opposite of works, that we're saved by faith apart from works, and that as we live this life in Christ. It's not so much about our works as it is about the life of Christ that's in us that we live by faith. And anyway, you can uh, check back to some of our past programs in the last few weeks at uh, graceroots.org to find out uh, more about what we were talking about. We're kind of moving on in a different direction. Uh, We've talked about faith, and now we're going to be talking a little bit about God's love today and the multifaceted nature of God's love. Uh, It's an endless topic, just like uh, grace. And and as we say about grace quite often, Mike, uh, grace isn't really just a topic in the Christian life. It's what really is interwoven into the life of a Christian. Grace cannot be separated from the life of a Christian. And in the same way, I think it's uh, Steve McVeigh that talks about the Siamese twins of love and grace. They work together. They're not separated. And in the same way, love and grace are not separated in any way uh, from the life of a Christian. You, you can't live the life of a Christian without the love of God, without his grace. And anyway, we'll uh, look at you know some stuff from 1 Corinthians 13 and move into some other things as well today. Mike, how you doing? Well, doing good. And what amazes me, Joel, are the people, and I understand where they're coming from because I've been there, but uh, there are those out there who think that you can have too much grace, mm-hmm. that uh, you know you, you give people too much freedom, and that's not a good thing. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think they're basing their opinions necessarily on the scripture, but a lot of that, of course, comes from the uh, teaching that they've been entrenched in, at least certain shreds of legalism that we've been brought up under. Most of us have been, and we're hopefully going to try and clear some of that out of your minds as we talk about growing in grace. Yeah, because God's love, like I said, is multifaceted, and w- when we really look at the word love, I mean, there's different types of love, of course. we got um, the the Greek word eros, erotic type of love. Then we got phileo, kind of a brotherly type of love. What we're getting into today is more the uh, agape love, the unconditional love of God that's interwoven into the life of a Christian. And it was that God so agaped the world, God so loved the world with unconditional love that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we could have eternal life, so that whoever believes in him can have eternal life and not be separated from God at all, ever. That's, it was God's love that sent Jesus Christ to earth and, and then to the cross. And it's his love that keeps us and when we get out there and do the, the things that we do as Christians, it's God's love that works in us and through us to motivate us and to animate us. And it's his grace working together with love that, that does all this. And so if we think that, well, God loves us some of the time or God only loves us when we're doing what's right or God only loves us at certain times, we're missing the whole point because it's nothing happens in the Christian life apart from God's love uh, working together with his grace. And so it's very important that we get this down, that God loves us and his love is interwoven 
in uh, in a way that can't be separated into our lives. Yeah, and you know the the Bible says God is love, and when, when God reaches out to you with the essence of who He is, this this love that we're going to talk about today, He accepts you. I mean, He He takes you as you are. <laughs> uh, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, he, he didn't you know request that we try and get cleaned up ahead of time. And God doesn't request that of you today. I heard somebody say one time that you, you don't clean up necessarily before you take a bath. Um, there, there's no reason for that. God dealt with all the sin that needed to be dealt with at the cross through Christ's finished work. God loved the world so much that that's why he, he gave Jesus to us. A, a lost world, a, a sinful world. And God knew back in the garden what was going to happen. As soon as, the, as soon as the devil tempted Adam and Eve and, and they were deceived, immediately God had a, and I'm sure this was uh, probably from the foundations of the world, but God came forward with a plan, told the serpent, look, uh, there's going to be a seed be, uh, between you and, and this, this woman. He, his heel is going to bruise your head. It was the first prophecy of Jesus Christ. God, God had a plan all along, and he knew man would, be, would, would fall into this sinful state that, that we did under Adam, and then the last Adam came along, Jesus Christ, and he died for all that we could all be made righteous. We all inherited Adam's sin, but now we can all inherit the righteousness of God. And it's, it's that love that propels us to want to serve, to want to go further into relationship with God, to want to be able to help others and do the things that are good. It's love and relationship that's our motivation, not a list of rules and regulations like what they had under the law. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, Joel, I'm not really sure where you want to start at here today. Well, I mean, there's lots of uh, ways we could go. I just As you were talking there, I was thinking of, uh, of a scripture that when I was growing up in church, my dad uh, read this every single week, and it, it really got ingrained in me, and it means so much to me. Uh, Romans 5.8, it says, you know, God demonstrates his love toward us, kind of like what we're just talking about here. God demonstrates it in that while we were still sinners, we hadn't done anything. We hadn't done anything to clean ourselves up. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That was God demonstrating his love for us. And as you say, what motivates us, what animates us in this Christian life, it's God's love. So why in the world would he withhold any love from us if we were doing wrong? If he wants us, if he wants us to walk in the way that, that he wants us to. I mean, if, if he wants us to be animated in such a way that we live godly lives, uh, that we live as the clean, redeemed people that we are, he's going to pour on the love. Uh, he did it when we were still sinners, much more than having been justified by his blood. The verse goes on to say, we're saved from wrath through him, and so on and so forth. So it's all about his, it's all about his unconditional love uh, that we need in every single area of life, and it, it just can't be separated from it. But, uh, you know, looking at 1 Corinthians 13, you know, I've been in uh, involved. Well, I've only fortunately had to be in a few weddings in my lifetime. I'm not a. I mean, I'm I'm a typical male. I think I am not one who enjoys weddings uh, very much, uh, and that's just at the least of things. But anyway, you always hear 
people reading from First Corinthians 13, talking about love and how it applies, uh, you know, how a husband and a wife can apply these uh, words about love in their marriage. And, and in fact, as I look at First Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul himself had just finished talking about, not about marriage, but, but about the various gifts of the Spirit that, uh, that Christians that are spread throughout the body of Christ. And, and Paul says, you know what, you can have any of these gifts, but guess what, if you, if you don't have love, so what? He says, you're nothing. He says, you're, you're a sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. You can have prophecy. You can have know all mysteries and all knowledge. You can have all kinds of things. You can move mountains, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. And so he goes on to talk about what love is. And so f- from that perspective... Yeah, we need to understand what love is because, you know, so what What matters in the Christian life if we don't have love? But kind of one angle that I would like to look at this from is just the perspective that as we look at 1 Corinthians 13 and as we see how love is described, it's talking about agape love. As you said earlier, Cap, God is love. God is agape love. And so we can look at this these things that Paul writes here and understand this is what God is like. We can look at 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. And all of these things we can understand God is patient. In fact, I heard uh, Paul Anderson Walsh one time, and this has stuck with me uh, from the Grace Project in England. God is patient. That means, you know, like you and me, Mike, and, and human beings... We can get impatient sometimes. The traffic light takes too long, and there's another driver, uh, our spouse or our kids don't do something we want to do, whatever. We can get impatient. There's no such thing as impatience with God. He is patient. Love is patient. We can understand so much about God by looking at some of these things. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm wanting to go with this, and maybe we'll get into some other things too. Yeah, yeah. Hurry up, would you? <laughs> I knew I was talking too much. You're getting impatient with me. <laughs> I've got something I don't often read, Joel. It's called the Amplified Bible. Um, I heard somebody call it the opinion. What's that? We'll crank it up then if it's the Amplified (laughs) version. Uh, I heard somebody call it the Opinionated Bible one time. (laughs) Opinionated. There you go. And I I guess it's it's not a true, uh, pure translation. But but you can still extract some interesting thoughts out of the interpretation that it provides. Um, Let me just read a couple of verses here. Um, love endures long uh, and is patient. Again, a, a description of God here uh, is, is another thing that we want to be looking at. Um, love is never envious, never boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude and does not act unbecomingly. Love, that is God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it and pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I know another translation says that love keeps no record of wrong. I think as we, like you said, Joel, a lot of times these uh, these verses from chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians get read in certain situations, such as weddings, for example. Uh, And yet, I think we also need to take a look at this through the lenses of what is God like, being that God is love. You could say, to at least a great extent, that this here 
is a, a definition of, of God and, and what He is like. And, and we need to be able to walk away with this because God being love, this is like His reaction toward us as His children. This is. This is really how He behaves toward us, how He treats us. Uh, just taking just one thing for as an example, um, we'll have to pick this up next time because we're running short on time here, but love is not self-seeking. Just think about what God did for us in His love. You know, if he was self-seeking, so to speak, if he was just saying, you know what, it's it's all about me, he wouldn't have cared one iota if we had sinned and if we were separated from him. But even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is selfless. That is God, you know, Jesus Christ, who was God himself, left that all behind and became a human being, went up on the cross took those stripes upon himself, took those nails, uh, all because of agape love. That's just one demonstration of the love of God. Uh, We're going to have to uh, wrap things up uh, for this time, uh, but I'm sure that there's so much more that we can get out of uh, of this chapter of of 1 Corinthians and maybe some other thoughts as well that we can share in um, time to come. But uh, I'm Joel Brzezicki along with Mike Kapler, the Cap, and uh, this is Growing in Grace. You know, we have our programs archived on the Internet for all time and eternity, or at least uh, at least for the time being. And uh, you can find that by going to the website graceroots.org. You'll find a link on there that links to our gig cast, our Growing in Grace uh, program, Growing in Grace program. Uh, podcast. We originally air, of course, on Gracewalk Internet Radio at gracewalk.org, and we're so thankful for Dave Lesniak and Steve McVeigh and all the people involved in that ministry. Well, hey, uh, let's uh, wrap things up. We'll be out of here for this one. Check back in with us next time for more talk about growing in grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 